Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament passage of 1 John in chapter number 4. We are on the downhill slide. We've only got two more messages after this dealing with 1 John. And this is such an important book of the Word of God, such a foundational book to all Christians. And we have in here the book of 1 John and chapter number 4. The book of 1 John in chapter number 4, and if you wouldn't mind, we're going to pick it up in verse number 7. The book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 7, the Word of God says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment hath we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in 1 John chapter number 4? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, notice the phrase, perfect love. Perfect love. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach that message, perfect love. 
Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. I'm asking that you would help us now. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Let us have an understanding that you be with everything that's said, everything that is done. Induce special power upon this message and upon this service. That you would give spiritual hearing to all of these good folks here. And that you would make eternal changes in the lives of people because of what is done here. Again, I could do nothing. There's very little that I can do. I'm nothing. So the best I know how, I surrender myself to you. And I beg that you get a work done today that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Perfect love. Just the sound of that is an amazing thing. You know, when we talk to people, sometimes they... Uh, they love to quote the idea that God is love. They can't find it in the Bible, but they like the idea that God is love. But yet, it is a powerful thing of the love of God. The love of God that stretches far. The love of God that does so much. There was an old song written called The Love of God. Uh, Frederick Lehman wrote the song. He was... Uh, working on the docks, working with orange crates, and every once in a while, the wooden crates would break, and he was always thinking of songs, so he would write down uh, little sketches on the orange crates. Well, he got one, and the first two verses flew well. But uh, then, back then, a hymn wasn't considered a hymn unless it had at least three verses. He says, what in the world? I can't think of anything for that third verse. And then he says, you know... I remember reading a poem once and he went through and found a postcard and it had on there a poem that fit the song perfectly. It says, could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. What a beautiful thing that even if we had everyone in the world with, with the stalks of every, every plant as our quill, and if all the oceans were the ink and all the skies were parchment, we could still never outright and out-describe the love that God had. An amazing thing is that when he was reading that postcard, it said it was unknown and they, couldn't, they didn't know where it came from. Um, but they found that near the year 1000, a Jewish rabbi was held in prison, in a Muslim prison, I believe. And when they took him out and they went to investigate his jail cell after they had removed the prisoner, this poem was written on the sides of the walls. And this is how he had kept himself going while he was in prison, thinking about the love of God. The love of God is something amazing. It is something we can't out-preach. It is something that we can't out-study. The love of God. So with this idea of perfect love, the first thing I'd like to describe to you is the person of this love. The person of this love. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, as we start off in... 1 John chapter number 4, notice verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not God, uh, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God 
is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son in the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the appeasement of God's wrath for our sins. What is this person of this love? That Jesus Christ, who is God, looked down and saw us and he chose to die for us. Sometimes we get in the idea of pride and we forget how nasty and horrible we are. You know, when we, Christ died for us, there was nothing special in us. He did not get a good deal. We were horrible. We were vile. In fact, hold your finger here. Let's see how the Bible describes us. Look with me in the book of Romans in chapter number 3. The book of Romans in chapter number 3. We were nasty and horrible. And yet this God with perfect love looked down and he died for us. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, this description. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9. It says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. It doesn't matter who you are. You are a sinner. There's no good people in here. We're all sinners. Verse number 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all, uh, are together, become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Hey, you want a good description of what you were before Christ? Unprofitable. You didn't profit Christ anything. You were not a good deal. (laughs) We were horrible. We were wretched. We were all sinners. There was none righteous. None of us said, hey God, can I be used of you? We were saying, God, leave me alone. I want my own way. We all said, we want to be our own person. We all said, I don't care what you say, God. I want to do my own thing. The Bible goes on. Verse number 13. Their throat is an open sepulcher. What is a sepulcher? It's like an old graveyard. It's a grave plot. You know what comes out of our mouth? Death. The things that we say is awful and nasty and just for our own self. With their tongues, they have used deceit. Hey, didn't we lie and try to get our own way? That's what we were. None of us said, well, I'm going to be honest for the rest of my life. We're liars. All of us. The poison of the asp are in their lips. How many people have we hurt with our tongue before Christ especially? Not counting the stuff we did after Christ, but before Christ especially. Our tongues were deadly things. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Hey, we didn't care if we had to hurt people to get our own way. We would do it. Destruction and misery are their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. We are all guilty. There was nothing good in us. 
I, I know that sometimes we may feel like we are God's gift to the world, but we're not. We're not. You know, when he looked down from heaven, he saw something nasty and putrid. The book of Isaiah chapter 1 describes us. We were like a, a nasty piece of flesh that was full of sores and boils and pus running all over. We were smelled horrible. Uh, we just, the sight of us disgusted God because that's how our sin looks. It's awful and wretched. And these can you imagine having people who are literally bandaged up? They smell horrible. They, they're, they're just pretty much corpses. They're just on this side of the grave. And God says, you know what? I'm going to die for them. Would you die for someone who was already dying? Would you say, hey, I've got a perfectly good kidney. Let me give it to this guy who's eaten up full of cancer, who's only got a month to live. Let me give him my kidney. Is that a good investment? Here we're putrid and we're nasty. And the God of all glory robed himself in flesh, stepped down in this earth, and he died for terminal patients who were already nasty and putrid and awful. And condemned already. Why you may say. It doesn't make sense. Love. Is what caused it. He loved you with such a great love. That even though you were dying. Even though you were putrid. Even though there was no hope of return. From you. He still loved you enough. That he didn't want to see you die. And go to that awful place called hell. That is the person of this love who died for us when we were not worth dying for. Romans 5, 8. For God commendeth or proved his love towards us and while we were yet sinners, he died for us. You know, none of us can ever question and say, God, do you really love me? Because he's already proved his love by dying on the cross for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. Do you know that if you are the only person on earth Jesus still would have came to the cross and died for you. He loves you that much. That is an amazing love. That is an indescribable love. That is the person of love. Oh, what a wonderful thing that Jesus did that for us. The person of this love. Which brings me to the second thing, if you wouldn't mind. The perfecting of this love. The perfecting of this love. Notice as the Bible goes on in 1 John chapter number 4. The perfecting of this love. 1 John chapter 4. And notice if you wouldn't mind. Let's pick it up in verse number 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. You see, we have a love that God gave to us that we need to give to others. If God loved us so much, we should show and be appreciative of that love to give it to someone else. The Bible goes on in verse 12. No man hath seen God in any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. You know how people see the love of God? By God using human instrumentalities to get the gospel to someone else. God uses us. No one's ever seen God. No one's shaken his hand in this modern times. But you know how people see God? When God uses us 
to be a blessing to others. When we show love and that we go out of our way, when we are, go beyond ourselves to show that love, that's how people say, wow, there is a God. Look at what he did for me. Look at what he did. That we're not getting the glory, God's getting the glory from it. Verse number 13, And hereby know we that we dwell in him, and him in he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in us. That's the goal. We're working to try to get everyone to confess that Jesus Christ is the God. He is the Savior of the world. That people need a Savior. And that's what people need to be taught. That Jesus is the Savior of all men. There's a song that our family loves to sing. and How can we reach a world that we never touch? You know, sometimes we like to be hermits and we like to stay away from the world and kind of hole up till Jesus comes. But God says we need to go out in the world, not be of the world, but go out into the world and show them love. That's the only way they're going to see God is if we go out and we reach them. We go beyond our natural state to reach them. Verse number uh, 16 again. And we have known and believed the love that God hath towards us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Hereby is our love made perfect. So this word perfect has the idea of making complete or whole. Here it carries the idea of being mature. How do we make our love complete, like a full circle? How do we make it mature? How do we get God's love who gave it to us? How does it become perfected? How does it be completed? When we give the love of God out to someone else. When we tell someone about Jesus Christ. Notice again, verse uh, uh, number 17. And herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's the day we stand before God. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Notice if you wouldn't mind, let me show you a passage in the gospel record of Matthew. We're turning back to 1 John in just a second. But turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. And I'd like to show you something that Jesus said dealing with this idea of love. You know, it is easy to love people who love us first. That's a reciprocal type of love. It is much harder to love those that hate us, that are mean to us, that kick us, that do all kinds of things to us. Notice with me what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5 and notice with me in verse number 43. Matthew 5, verse 43. And ye have heard how it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's what the world says. Hey, love those that do good to you, and then hate those that, that hate your enemy. That's what the world, that's natural. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And send rain on the just and in the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brethren, Brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publican so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Here it's saying that it's easy to love those that love us. You know, if someone does something nice for us, we want to do something nice for them. That's natural. But you want to show real love? Love those that hate you. You want to know a way to cure bitterness in your own heart? If you have someone that did something wrong to you and you just feel no bitterness is building up, <laughs> buy them a present. Buy them a present. Hey, even better than buying them a present, send it anonymously. You say, but they'll never know it came from me. Oh, but it will do your own heart good. Show them love. Hey, when you go to a restaurant, this is small practicality. We're getting to the big stuff here in a bit. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you have that waitress who's having a bad day and they mess up your order, don't stiff them on the tip. What I tend to do is I give them a bigger tip and leave a track with it, especially if they knew they messed up. Why? I'm trying to show them love. I'm trying to show that there's something different about us, different about the way that we treat things, different about how we handle things. When those people come up and they say, I hate your guts and I hate who you are, find a way to be a blessing to them. You have a problem with someone, like I said, buy them a present. Do something. Find a way to show them love. That's something different. It is much easier and more natural for us to say, oh, they hate us? Well, fine. Let's get some weapons and let's go to war. You know what happens then? A lot of bloodshed and nothing gets solved. We are trying to reach those who don't know Christ. And they don't know any better, but we do. I want to, you know why we hate our brothers? You know why we hate others? Because we forget what we were like when Christ died for us. What we were like before we came to know the Savior. We were nothing. We were horrid. We were wretched. We were good for nothing. And when we look at our enemies and realize that we're not better than them, they need to know Jesus Christ just as much as we do. We need to show them the love of Christ. Hereby is the love of God perfected. So we have the perfect one, the person of this love, God who died for us. Then we also see the perfecting of this love, that we're to love others because God loved us, because He first loved us. But I want to show you something else in here, the power of this love, the power of of this love. Notice if you wouldn't mind verse number 18. There is no fear in love. We're going to get to this in just a second. But there is no fear in love. When you're doing it for the Lord's sake, you can trust him that God has got a plan. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because 
He first loved us. The person of this love is that Jesus died for us. It was Him who died for the unlovely, died for the wretched. The perfection of this love is when we go out and we take the love that He gave us and we tell others about it. But with it comes a great power. There was a missionary by the name of Adamire Judson. Before he was a missionary, he was a convinced atheist. He went through seminary and he considered some of his heroes, Thomas Paine and Voltaire, at the height of when it was popular to be an atheist in the time of all the rebellions and revolts. He looked up to Thomas Paine. He looked up to Voltaire. He studied their works and says, hey, we don't need a God. God is nothing but a crutch. He went through college and he was convinced. (laughs) We don't need this God thing anymore. Well, he went traveling around and He happened to stop at an inn off the side of the road. And he went to the innkeeper and said, I need a room. And he says, we only got one room. But I have to warn you that there's a guy in the adjacent room where you share the wall that he's currently very, very ill. I think he's dying. He's he's been moaning and crying. And and I'm just letting you know that if you get this room, you also got the guy screaming. And and Adamire Judson said, well, it's not a big deal. I'm kind of above all that stuff. I, I, I feel sorry for the guy, but... It's not going to bother me at all. And so he stayed in the room. And instead of getting sleep, he heard the man crying in his sleep, screaming out during the night, crying in pain and what we call soul agony. This is a man who is on the cusp of dying and going to hell. And it is a horrible death for someone to be able to know that they're going to hell. And in the middle of the night, he screamed until finally there was a silence. But Adamire Judson, listening to that man screaming as he was on the edge of going to hell, shook him up a little bit. As he was preparing to leave, he said, what happened to that man in the room? And he says, he died last night. And he said, do you happen to know who this guy was? And as they explained to him, it happened to be one of his friends from college. One of the people who was also an avowed atheist. He canceled his trip. He was so shook it up. He went back home, went to his father's church, and he got saved. But Adamire Judson's story didn't end there. Adamire Judson realized the love of God. He realized what a wretch he was, and his heart was, was burdened for the unreached country of Burma, the Burmese people, a bunch of heathenistic, animalistic people, And he said, you know, I I really believe the Lord wants me to go there. So he took his wife, he took his children, and he went to the nation of Burma. When he went to Burma, a lot of people hear about Adamire Judson and all the good things that happened, and they don't hear about the bad things that happened. But Adamire Judson suffered a lot. Missionaries sometimes get the idea, sometimes preachers too, that when we go to an area that all of the great lucky sinners will come with open arms and say, we're glad to have you preacher. We're glad to have you missionary. Tell us about your Jesus. Tell us about your God. But you know, most people don't want to hear about our Jesus and they don't want to hear about our God. Adamire Judson and his wife and his kids were rejected, persecuted, They ended up living in a low-lying swamp where 
They dumped the trash over here and they buried the bodies of their dead villagers over here. They were starving. They were sick. There was a time that Ademeyer Judson was arrested. He was brought across the burning desert barefoot with lashes in chains and put into prison. His family, skeletons, starving. But the amazing thing during the whole time is they still had a smile on their face. Ademeyer Judson's life verse was... In Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 and 18 or 17 and 18 which talks about the love of God. Every correspondence, every couple sentences you would hear from Adermeyer Judson, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Adermeyer Judson, your family is starving. You are put into chains. You are rejected. You live in horrible circumstances. Why don't you go back to America? The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. He ended up burying his wife and all of his kids in Burma. It took six years before they saw the first person come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. (laughs) It took 30 years before he got his first furlough and was able to come back home to America. But when he left after that 30-year mark to come back home just for a little bit, He already had a church of over a hundred people and he had translated the entire Bible into the language of Burma. By the way, before he did that, he also had to give Burma a language, a written language. They didn't have a written language at that time. And he translated, gave them an alphabet, gave them words, translated the Bible into Burma, Burmese, and he gave them the gospel. And the whole time he's saying, The love of God, the love of God, the love of God. You see, the love of God is perfected when we do like Jesus did and we give ourselves to tell others about the gospel. This is the power of that love. That even when we think about the love of God, we're still so selfish. We get, oh, how much God loves us. But we don't take any steps to perfect the love and go out of our way to go tell others about Jesus Christ. The love that we have doesn't cost us a thing. It doesn't cost us a thing to perfect the love of God. We suffer very little persecution. Why can't we have this power? Notice again verse 18. There is no fear in love. You talk to Ademeyer Judson. He says we're not afraid. We're doing what God has given us to do. We can trust in him. But perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You see, we do have a reciprocal type of love. Jesus loved us first. And because of his love, we're responding to it. And we're going out of our way to perfect it, to tell people. You know why Jesus saved you in the first place? Why didn't he say, why did he save you and not some other random person? Because he has a plan. He wants to use you to go tell others. 
That is how His love is perfected, complete, made whole, is when you are doing what God saved you to do. And that's to tell others to be a human instrument. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. You say, I love God, but you don't tell people about Christ. You, sir, you, ma'am, are a liar. Because how is the love of God perfected? By us loving others as Christ loved us. Giving of ourselves. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we have, that we from him, that he, he who loveth God loveth his brother also. There's a power in this love that we are to go and tell people about Christ. We are so selfish and we are so content and we're so satisfied that we don't stretch out and try to tell people about this loving Savior who loved us enough. You know, someone loved you enough to tell you about the gospel. We need to love others that same way. How do people know about the love of God? By God using human instrumentality like us to go show them the love of God. That's what God has designed it for. He came down and his work is finished. It is our time to do the work. He wants to live through us. He wants to use us as human instruments. This is how his love is perfected. He loved us. And because he first loved us, we love him back and obey and tell people about Jesus Christ. So how is your love towards God? How is your love towards others? We need to obey the Lord. There are so many people who are dying and going to hell. These are people that Jesus paid the price for. These are people that Jesus already died for and they don't have to go. They don't have to die. We look at these missionaries and we look at their amazing stories. And then we look at our weak little pathetic lives and we complain because we get to go one time a week. We complain because it's an inconvenience to us. Sometimes we say, well, I don't want to leave a track. I don't want to talk to the person I'm afraid. You know, sometimes we get afraid. How weak and pathetic our love towards God is. We love Him because He first loved us. Hereby, is the love of God perfected. Let's strive to have this perfected love that God loved us and now we send out that same love to someone else. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- 
920-530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.